It's Offman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live as well on the first coaching change with him. Uh, he will have talked to Brian Keefe, the new Wizards interim coach, uh, at that point as well. So excited for that uh, at the top of the hour. Or sorry, not the top of the hour. Uh, in about 10 minutes from now, we're at the top of the hour. Uh, so we'll talk to Dave uh, and, and obviously get back on the floor as well for the Wizards on a pretty significant day. The day they ultimately decide to move on from Wes Unsell Jr. as their head coach. Um, one thing that's worth noting uh, that I, it wasn't in the uh, the part of the press conference we were able to air for you live, but it was addressed what Wes Unsell's role will be, and it essentially will be whatever Wes wants it to be. Uh, they'll have those discussions over the next couple of days. They have to pay Unsell, so they probably will be like, dude, we value your opinion. We really like you personally. You've been a part of these conversations that uh, all led us to the point that we said this wasn't the right uh, role for you moving forward. So we still want to be able to pick your brain. But I also think there is a reality that perhaps they just part ways. Um, and maybe he's around the rest of the year and they give him a call every once in a while. And he largely just gets to collect his check and sit at home and wait uh, for next season when he'll be a very coveted assistant uh, around the league. But there is like if you were the head coach and now you're advising, like what are you advising on? Maybe it's player personnel stuff. Um, who knows? So we'll see uh, ultimately what that looks like for Wes Unsell. But the reason that Wes Unsell Jr. is no longer the head coach was because the Washington Wizards were not a competitive basketball team. And this goes far beyond, but is reflected in the 7-36 and record that they have and the 77-130 and record that he had as head coach, Ava Wallace joined us earlier in the program. And, you know, she, this was before Winger and Dawkins spoke at 5 p.m., but she hinted at exactly why Wes Unsell was likely being removed and something that we'd uh, hear confirmed from the horse's mouth, if you will, or the horse's mouths a short while later. But here was Ava. Yeah, I think that's also a good kind of central question. And the thing that I kind of have landed on it in, in my mind is just talking to people this morning is that this is kind of the flexibility you're afforded when you're at square absolute what square negative one of a rebuild. <laughs> I think you could go two ways with this, honestly, where you say, okay, well, winning and losing weren't supposed to matter. So why all of a sudden do they matter? I, I don't think it's necessarily the record that has wrangled a lot of people, although that certainly um, plays a lot into this, definitely. But it's, it's just the fact that, like you said, it's, it's, they're not competing. It's not games like last night that got Wes Hensel Jr. relocated, as you said, where they actually do pretty well against the Timberwolves. And it's like, okay, well, you're not going to overcome 21 turnovers. Um, it's the fact that they were just getting blown out. And I, I don't know if it's necessarily um, – I think – I do think what I went back to is, like, they don't have their – big, strong number one guy like Kyle Kuzma is doing his best right now. He doesn't have a ton of help, um, but these players don't hold themselves or don't account for each other's weaknesses on defense the way that they can show they have on offense. Um, that's something that's missing where you're going to see individual growth and maybe guys not playing together as a team or understanding how to play team defense, uh, coupled with the fact that like they're in a place in this organization's rebuild where they can say, hey, let's throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And I don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily know if if Michael Winger is being that casual about this, but I do think there's kind of a, uh, that's kind of the methodology of this is working, this is working, this is working. Okay, so what haven't we tried yet? Maybe someone at the top needs to go. Um, I think that's kind of what you're seeing here and the flexibility they're being afforded and in, in the status they are as an organization right now. 
Ava Wallace from the Washington Post with us earlier. And then, you know, when you get into the press conference, and you start to hear directly from Michael Winger and Will Dawkins. I thought this answer from Will Dawkins was pretty telling on kind of that end part of Ava's answer. Like the competitiveness, the amount of times they've just been blown out was obviously a huge reason why they decided to make this move from uh, Wes Unseld. But Michael Winger talked about how they need to to try some different stuff. And it just, it, he doesn't use the word stale, but it felt like things had staled in a way that was no longer a part of the mission 43 games into that year one, or as Ava put it, year negative one of this rebuild. You talked about when we talked about coming in and assessing where we're out and evaluating, we're evaluating the process, not necessarily outcomes of how things happen. And when you have those conversations every single day, you can see when they're starting to fray or not necessarily adding up. And <coughs> our dialogue with our players, our dialogue with our staff, um, head coach, front office, like it's it's pretty strong here. And that's the culture that Michael wanted when we got here. And I think when you have on it, where's the process going? How do we get it back on track? And we have almost half the season left. I think there's 39 games starting with tonight. That's a lot of time to impact change and give us momentum into the next season. So we don't take that for granted. But we also were intentional and didn't want to rush a decision. We wanted to really give Wes a chance and get to this point, and that's where we're at. That, I think, is great phrasing. And there's another phrase that Dawkins used in another answer that I thought was the quote of the presser, which is, this is a season of discovery. This is a season where they want to try and tinker with things. And, you know, it got to a point where they want to try different schemes defensively because obviously what they're doing defensively is, um, the, I mean, the word unacceptable was used. Like there was a the level of brutal honesty in this press conference that I really appreciated. And we'll wrap up with that when it comes to the players in just a moment. But the the phrase season of discovery and then hearing the phrase like unacceptable defense on certain nights tells you like, no, nah, like we can't, they're, they're, we're willing to deal with a lot, but not this. And so whether it's the rotations, whether it is a wanting to try some different things, different lineup combinations, different players starting, not starting, playing big minutes, closing games, different guys in different roles. Like, do you want Koulibaly on the ball more? Like there, there's all these different things that you both want to tinker with, but also you need to, as Dawkins said at the end there, you don't want to rush. You want to give any new tweak that you make a chance to succeed. You can't be so all over the map that nothing happens a chance to work through some initial growing pains and problems and ultimately implement itself as a, as a good part of what you keep moving forward. But you do, in a, in a mode that they're in right now, you do need to be willing to fail fast and understand what is just a sunk cost and not worth it. And it seems like these guys have a really good feel for that. And last but not least... Um, this question by Josh Robbins led to one of the most honest and I think refreshing answers I have heard from a front office executive in a long, long time. If you're evaluating competitiveness and and uh, spirit, uh, how much of the responsibility for that not measuring up so far is on the players? Doesn't doesn't don't a those lot. and they know it, Josh. I mean, these are conversations we have with them. Um, they know it. We we've we met with them today. Um, there's not a single player in that locker room happy with this outcome. Um, they every single one of them raised their hand as you know when the question was asked, who in this room is it? Who who in this room is responsible for this? Every single player raised their hand. Um, they know it. That's that had big dad energy. 
big disappointed dad energy. Big like, oh, they they messed up and they know it. I don't need to punish them. There are they put themselves in timeout. That's the kind of team you want. Apparently, it's a great locker room. You you just hear on the record, off the record, that locker room is tight. It's good. It's healthy. But you got to keep it that way, and it's got to mesh with the coach. And even if they like the coach personally, I mean, this was the commander's issue in a lot of ways. It was 53 deep. Did they love Rivera? No. Was there a lot of dudes um, were pretty vocal about how much they liked Rivera? Yeah. But they didn't They didn't play hard enough for him, and there wasn't an accountability. And so ultimately, these two men, just you know, for some different reasons, some similar reasons, uh, suffer the same fate. And that is another coaching change in Washington. Uh, Wes Unseld out today. Uh, where do they go from here? That is going to be a lot of our conversation with Dave Johnson next. He's had a chance to talk to new interim coach Brian Keefe. Uh, you'll hear that interview on the pregame show here on the team at 980. But Dave joins us from the broadcast booth at Capital One Arena next. Odyssey app. Real things, real people said in real microphones coming to close the show. But uh, it is a Wizards game day. And, you know, yesterday we had Dave Johnson on and we were just yucking it up and thinking, oh, we're all all good for, for tomorrow. And, and now uh, today is a very different day. But 
we still are going to get the radio party started. Time to get the radio party started. Blocked by Bilal Koulibaly. Oh, oh boy, did he yeah. stuff him. Left wing pool, it's wow. there. Oh, that's a pool party. The basket snap right there. Oh, they're stealing the oh. slam. You better go off. Intercepted by Kispert. Kispert now, foul line. Oh, slam. Ooh, that'll dry your preserves. It's time for Dave Johnson on a Wizards game day. Kuzma for three. Oh, it's there. Broadcast booth at Capital One Arena. Dave, uh... You're you're in usual spot, but there there are changes afoot. Uh, we wake up to the news this morning that Webb is going to move into this front office advisory role, is taking over, um, and we haven't really talked about Keith at all today. So I actually want to start there with you. I, I promise we will circle back around to West, someone you've spent a lot of time with over the okay. last three years. But theoretically, you would have just talked to him because you have your pregame interview. That's going to be experience. Like you, you, what jumps off your uh, page right away is is that he started in the San Antonio Spurs organization when they won a title back in, in 2007. So um, I, I think there's some there's something to developing as a coach in the in the Spurs organization. His whole focus is going to be on this team being a, a better defensive team as a team, and and that's how we've reached this point. When we and we've had many discussions where we would break down individual players. Uh, and there, there's improvement. I mean, Denny Obdi is coming off the season high 25 last night, or 24 rather. Um, you can go right down the list of, of guys that, are, that have had are improving and are trending in the right uh, direction. Uh, but situation where they're going to keep, he will be still involved uh, in the organization. That that Michael Winger uh, asked, who in this room feels her? But are they really working hard enough? And and so that's why coaching changes. If it was that simple, we, we could all be coaches. And you know what? It, it, it also kind of reminds me a little bit uh, of, of uh, when the Capitals fired Glenn Hanlon on Thanksgiving Eve. And George McPhee told me this story uh, that, that Glenn Hanlon had come to him several times uh, leading up to this game uh, saying, you know, uh, George, I, I, I really feel like I, I'm, I'm not reaching the locker room. I'm not. I'm saying as coaches do sense. They know when it's when right. it's not happening. Wes, Wes is a smart guy. Right. He's not. Yeah. He went to Johns Hopkins University, and that's, <laughs> you know, uh, not Towson State where I went, which, by the way, you can still get a good education. But the, the point being is, is George McPhee said, well, you know, let's let's give it, you know, uh, we had a homestand coming up. Well, that, that, that game Thanksgiving Eve, uh, they lost. To it at the time, the Atlanta Thrashers five to one. And the next morning, Thanksgiving morning, Glenn Hanlon walked in to the office and, and basically knew. Uh, and George McPhee, they almost didn't even have to say anything. Now, I, this was, I, I, I think, a, a different situation. But I'm just pointing that out that that you know it, it's something that that West could sense, uh, and he wants this team, he wants this franchise, uh, certainly to to reach its goals, and he wanted to reach the goal as the head coach. Uh, he still will be a part of the franchise, but now uh, Brian Keith gets a chance to audition for the role uh, of head coach. But he, again, they pointed out that uh, the offseason search will be a comprehensive one, which uh, Keith will be a candidate, but doesn't mean he has a leg up just because he coached this team right now. Yeah, his, his resume is very impressive in the stretches of success and especially the stretches of developmental success that he's had and been a part of as an assistant. I, I immediately was like, well, shoot, if this is his resume, I, I, I'd imagine he winds up being one of the top candidates in a comprehensive search, so we'll see how the rest of the season goes. But as, as you mentioned, Dave, like 
you've known Wes Unseld for almost 30 years at this point. So it's a tough day, and, and, and you know, I've t- I reflected earlier on, on how much I like Wes as a person, but also the results are what they are. We understand it. We, we see the competitive stuff, but do you have, like, a favorite? When someone comes to you and is like, hey, tell me about Wes Unseld Jr. Like, what's a, what's a story that immediately pops to mind that explains to people that and, – and, and look, like, on a day like today, I understand there's a pocket of fans that just want to be like – yeah, he sucked and he got fired. That's what you get in sports. Right. Like, right. I get it. You people well, can pipe down. I, you know, this is a human being who this, I think exactly. served this franchise well, so I would like to, to get a good Wes Unseld story out of you because I don't know how many more times we'll be able to do that. Well, you know, you know and you're right. There really shouldn't be – you understand his fan, the fans' frustrations when they're not losing. Well, you know, I almost wish we'd say let's change coaches, not fire coaches, because they really are – Look, they're human beings, and it doesn't matter. You can't say, well, they make a lot of money, and they're okay, they'll be fine. But you, but you know what? It's still their chosen profession or their chosen passion. Uh, you know, we just had it with the football team. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody thinks Ron Rivera's a bad guy. And, and by the way, uh, he's had success before. It just it, it didn't work out for whatever reason in Washington. But to your point, why I'm, you know, saddened partially by this that that uh, may i understand the decision but what i'm saying is uh saddened that it didn't work out because this was not uh because his name is wes unseld he gets a job three years into his coaching he paid dues like you would not believe and this was goes back when i was doing morning radio uh on the road at the same time i was doing wizards and I'd be up at four in the morning, and and this is in hotel rooms, and and this is back when you had to, you know, go down and get a copy or, or or whatever. And guess who else was up at four in the morning, working hard on scouting reports? And um, so uh, yeah, that's not a, a funny story about Wes Unsell, but it it shows to who he is. He worked his tail off uh, to get finally a head coaching uh, position, including you know obviously coming from Denver. Uh, where they where they had great success, um, so that's that that's the part that I think people need to know that you know he did not get anywhere because his name is is Wes Unseld. In fact, uh, I remember you know the Wes Unseld seniors saying, "All right, well I'll give him a chance in this basketball thing, but he's going to have the worst boss ever, me." And you can only imagine that <laughs> you know uh, that he was never going to give Wes Unseld Jr. breaks. And people say, well. You know, he was supposed to be this great defensive coach, and not the, 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 the problem is you still need players uh, uh, and, and players to buy in. You can have – this is a league – the league is too good. There is not a scheme developed to stop Nikola Jokic, or it's not a scheme. Uh, it's, it's more, you know, involved in that. And, and that's where it gets back to where we started this conversation about uh, competitive, competitiveness – uh, and that is that is a mindset, and that is that is hard, um, and that's what Brian Keith talked about, and we'll talk about. You're here in our pregame show that he wants to get this this mindset right uh, over the next 39 games. No doubt about it. Uh, it's very excited to listen to the pregame tonight uh, on my ride back home. 
uh, to, to hear from Brian Keith. He sounds incredibly impressive from everything I can read about him. Obviously, uh, didn't didn't want to see this day come, but I think we all understand it, and, and we look forward to better days ahead for the Wizards. As you always say, Dave, there is no script, so who knows what the final 39 games have in store. It starts tonight with Utah. Glenn uh, and Dave on the call. 6.45 here on the Team 980 for the pregame 7 o'clock tip. Dave, have a great call, and we will talk to you next week. And, you know, I've been doing this 27, 28 years. But you know what, what actually makes me feel like a big deal What's here that? at Capital One Arena? When I walk in in the afternoon, my man Kevin Jones, and today he had his friend Jimmy, they are the hugest fans of the Hoffman Show. Oh. And the, the first thing they said to me, they said, hey, I heard you. You got a hat for Craig Hoffman. So, see, oh, people are listening right. closely. So, But the point is, uh, they're just great. And they're listening right now, so that's my cheap excuse to give a shout-out. But they're, but they're shout great out fans them, for sure. of the Hoffman Show. And, and and they reminded me that i got to get you a hat. <laughs> so, did well, I guess that does beg the question. Because I saw a couple people tweeting that the hat that the Wizards gave away last night, the Denny Advia designed hat, is the best giveaway yep. the Wizards have done yes. in years. Did you actually get me one day? Well, no. And see, that's where oh. your man, Kevin Jones, and I will get you one. Okay. Trust me. I've got I, connections. I have faith in you. But when Kevin Jones and Jimmy um, said, uh, get them a hat uh, today, I thought, all right, I better live up to it. All right. So. Well, I, I have faith in you. I have less faith in me to remember. I will at some point show up to do a broadcast with you, and you'll be like, hey, here's your hat. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks, no, Dave. No, no. So Kevin, we'll, we'll get Kevin, that all sorted out. Kevin and Jimmy were all over me today. Thank, so thank you, Kevin I, and Jimmy, for remembering things that I cannot. Right. We appreciate it. All right, Dave, have a great call tonight. Thank you. Listen, as always, you uh, listen in the afternoons. You guys do a great job, and, and thanks for having me on. Thank you, as always. Dave Johnson, everybody, the legendary voice of the Wizards with us here on the Hoffman Show. Our pleasure to have him each and every Wizards game day. When we get back, though, we wrap up the show. Final thoughts on the big news story of the day and real things, real people said, into real microphones.
It's the Hoffman Show wrapping up here on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. Great show today talking about, uh, obviously, Wes Unsell Jr. getting uh, removed as the head coach of the Washington Wizards. Uh, it's, it, I mean, I said this to start the show. Today, this sucks. Um, uh, like, Wes Unsell Jr. is a good dude. He's a good coach, and it didn't work out. And you want, like, when good people come to your franchise, you want it to work out um, because you don't want to squander those opportunities. And I know that there is an air of nepotism that inherently is going to leave people thinking that the reason Wes Unsell Jr. got his job is because his dad is Wes Unsell Sr., who is arguably the best player in the history of the franchise. But realistically, Wes Sunsell Jr. was an assistant coach in the NBA for a long time. Like, when Dave Johnson talks about the fact that this dude had to pay his dues, like, sure, were there doors open because of his name? Yeah. Do you have a natural network because of your name? Sure. But, like, it wasn't like he was gifted a job in the way that some people are with nepotism. Like, he was decades of assistant level, like, low-level assistant for a decade, high-level assistant for the better part of a decade, and then he finally gets this job as the head coach. And, it, you know, I, I also think you'd be lying if Ted Leonsis, or you didn't think Ted Leonsis, had a, uh, a, a joy in hiring someone with that name. But if Wes Unsell Jr. didn't get hired here, he would have gotten hired somewhere else in the last couple of years. Like, I don't think he's on the staff when the Nuggets uh, win the, the championship because he would have gotten poached to be a head coach somewhere. He was interviewing for – I mean, when Michael Winger took this job here, he talked about how Wes Unsell Jr. was one of the candidates they had interviewed for the Clippers. Like, they – when they hired Ty Lue, like, he was high on their list. And they wound up going with Ty Lue, which I, is probably the better option. Uh, but Wes Unsell Jr. Was, was a truly viable candidate, and he's a great dude. Today is the – way, the way that I will headline this, if you will – is today is a sad but necessary day. It is not a happy day. It's a day that needed to happen, but it was it's sad but necessary. Uh, and now we'll see what Brian Keefe can do. And maybe maybe he's the right guy. Um, maybe you wait till the offseason. I mean, you're definitely going to see this offseason, but um, you very well could get to this offseason and, and go in a completely different direction. So I do think it's it's cool the last couple of years, like, there are more NBA coaches that I'm just like, wait, that dude's a head coach right now? Like, if we played a game, um, Haney had to step out early to, to deal with something. But uh, our guy Ryan Clary, uh, shout out to, to RC coming over uh, from, from the 106.7, the fan side, and, and pinch hitting here. Uh, appreciate you, Ryan, first of all. Thank you. If we did an a, a NBA head coach real or fake game, how well did you think you would do? I don't think I'd do all too great, Craig. I'm not gonna lie. I just have a feeling I want to do too good. Yeah, it's like not a it's not a bunch of former players that you'd heard of and and like you know, guys that have been around and re- like for years. We talk about all these retreads in the NFL. The NBA is the worst retread league in the world. Oh like, yeah, it's the same. I mean, I guess internet. Like it's funny because like international soccer dudes bounce from Italy to France to Spain to England back to Italy and like. They're at all the same top clubs. Like, there's guys that have coached the top clubs in, like, every single country, and they just bounce around and get fired every two years. And you're like, how did everyone keep hiring the same guy? And, like, that was the NBA forever is, you know, like, you know, it felt like – I don't want to name names. That feels mean. But, mm. like, the, there's guys that would get, like, four jobs. And you're like, 
But with, like, let I will name a name because he's he's one of the best ever in terms of total wins. Like Lenny Wilkins, I don't know if he ever like made an NBA Finals. He might have made one, but that dude coached and like he won a thousand games. Like he was at one point and might still be the NBA's all time winningest coach in terms of sheer number of wins. But he coached for like seven teams, and you're like, what? What? Why? And now you have all these young assistants that are really innovative and really good. And, you know, I think Nick Nurse was, like, one of the big guys who got and got that started where it's like, who the hell's Nick Nurse? I don't care. He coaches basketball really well. And he replaced uh, Dwayne Casey in Toronto, and they were awesome. And so I, I do think that there is, like, that kind of name. But, like, Brian Keefe, who's the interim now in Washington, also fits that. That would be a fun game. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. I'll see how many NBA coaches I can name. I don't think I'd do as well as I'd. I'd like to um, not been a, as heavy of a league. My, my league pass watching lots of NBA basketball kind of starts now. <laughs> we're, at, we're at the end of football season. I can breathe again. Uh, so we got that. All right. Uh, last but not least, uh, whether I'm here, Anthony's here, Clary's here, someone else is doing this show. The one thing you can rely on pretty much daily is that we'll close it out with real things real people said into real microphones. And that the computer is going to be delayed. Real things. We're not going to be said this year. Real people. Five and eleven. Not very good. Said into real microphones. You know the culture is actually damn good. Clary, uh, for those watching on YouTube, we could see you smiling. You've you heard that imager before? I have not live. I haven't done it live. I have learned. On the Odyssey app and as well okay. as listening back to the Hoffman show, but okay. I've not, not heard it live. Apparently, it's a party now because Darius just walked into your studios. Well, Darius, have you heard the real things imager with all the funny quotes from Washington history? No? Okay, tell you what I'm going to do. Clary, make sure your mic is off, and I'm going to replay this because I want Darius's reaction to this. This is the favorite thing that we do on the show every day. Real things. We're not going to be said this year. Real people. Five and eleven. Not very good. Said into real microphones. You know, the culture is actually damn good. What y'all got in Grant Danny Land to match that? Yeah! That is a great production. That is an amazing production. Double thumbs up from the crew behind 106.7 The Fan Scenes. That's, back that's what we're talking about. We love it. That is a Craig Hoffman, Vic Ferreira production. Thank you, thank you. That is that is what we need. Now, Ryan, my question for you is, where the hell did you save the thing that we're actually going to play? Well, actually, I have it already pulled up oh, here. Oh, you have it on your side of things. So, yes, we can get that played up okay, here. Okay, so uh, KJ Henry, uh, he's he's a defensive end for the Commanders, as you'll remember. He was mic'd up in the season finale and uh, had a little uh, ex- funny exchange with Fedarian Mathis uh, while they were waiting for play to resume during a timeout. KJ Henry knows the killers. What you know about that? Now, I will say, Ryan, uh, I'm I'm happy that you were able to, to come and relieve Anthony of his duties. Mm-hmm. Um, but this would have been better with Anthony, who is a young black man who went to Georgetown Prep, sitting in that chair. That clip is kind <laughs> of meant for Anthony to react to, not, not you. Me. I, I, well, I mean, I'm not a big killers guy, to oh. be honest. I probably couldn't even tell you the band. 
The Killers I mean, is the band. Oh, that's great. Th- there we go. This Elon. actually worked out better than I imagined. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just not the Killers guy. Is that the band, the Killers? The Killers. The song is Mr. Brightside. It is literally one of the most iconic rock songs. Like, if you know five rock songs of the last 25 years, when did that song come out? Now I'm... I can't believe that I, I had to go 25 to be safe. How long ago did Mr. Brightside come out? You're asking the wrong guy right now. I, I That is very apparent. Uh, <laughs> 20 years ago, it was released. Uh, uh, 2020, 2004. Tell you what, I'm going to... I'm gonna play this song. There's one oh, simple no, vision. We're gonna we're gonna have an ad on YouTube. That's yep. what's gonna happen. That's a good point. Um, we're gonna we're gonna kill the ad and then. Oh, I got him. You've heard this song. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know it. You know what? They play this at Capitals games. I do know this song. They play this song everywhere. It's literally one of the most popular songs. I'm gonna now pull that down so we don't get a copyright violation. Uh, literally one of the most popular songs of the last. 20 years. I don't know what to tell you, Craig. KJ Henry a, knows it. KJ like, Henry knows it. I don't know it. I'm not good with music. What, what music do you know? Now I'm intrigued. Modern rap, Kodak Black, guys like that who are, you know, I'm Gen Z. I'm 24 years old, Craig, and I just turned 24, so I'm still young. Yeah, you are. You are. Actually, you're, you and KJ Henry are probably, is KJ Henry older than you? He might be. He was like maybe. an older, older player coming out. KJ Henry. Doing a lot of Googling in this segment. He is 24. Okay. Uh, when is your birthday? My birthday is November 30th, 1999. Uh, November 30th of 99? Damn. You are older than KJ Henry. It's January of 99. That's how we're closing our show today. We'll see you tomorrow on The Hoffman Show.